Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast as Smithburg Auto, Fairfield, Iowa presents the recap show from last night's high school football games in Southeast Iowa. Smithburg Auto, two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, talk to David. On the phone with us is, as always, every Saturday morning, it's Scotty Melvin. Scotty, how about it? All right. Hi, everybody. Oh, man. Well, we're going to just quick go over the uh, the non-playoff games that we tried to pick and uh, hear the story on that, and then we're going to go in-depth into the playoff games. So, all right. So the first game we were really interested in was Fort Madison and Burlington, and how did that play out? Well, David, you got me on that one this week, um, and it was – uh, the one thing I can say for myself was I predicted it was going to be a similar match to what Burlington and Fort Madison both had when they when they played uh, Liberty over these last few weeks, and, and we're talking two evenly matched teams going at it. I picked the the Bloodhounds to come out on top and, and get into that final playoff spot from the district. I was wrong. Uh, Burlington, they pulled it out. Uh, late drive, a lot of guts, I guess, on that drive. Uh, they ran the ball right up. Fort Madison's alley and pulled out the 26 to 24 win. And they're in the playoffs. Two point game, huh? Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, don't I feel too bad about that, Scott. That was a, could have been either no. way, but I just thought Fort the Madison home, home field season. advantage. And I just thought that there was, and I was correct that, that this Burlington team had a want to, they had a, yeah. uh, you know, they hadn't been to the playoffs for a while. So that, so uh-huh. who, how did that work out? Who do they play and everything? All right, so I don't have a ton of info compiled yet, so I want to save that for the preview show. But, um, you know, the the pods came out this morning from the state for the little schools' second-round games and then the first-round games for all the big schools. In 4A, Burlington's our one-area team that's that's in it, um, and they have to travel to Cedar Rapids Xavier, who is a top-two team, and that's going to be a tall task for Burlington. Yeah, but... uh... You know what? Uh, we weren't going to count them out because I think they really played well down this stretch, didn't they? They've got a great team. I, I was uh, in Washington this morning lifting weights, and uh, Mount Pleasant High School's defensive coordinator was in there, so I had a chat with him for a bit, and he's seen a lot of these teams, you know, around here in, in person, and had to and had to scheme for them. And he says, you know, Burlington's not just a one-man show. He says they're uh, they're solid all over. He said they've got a huge lineman that are running down the field with the fast running back. He uh, said they're they're just unbelievably athletic. And so, yeah, I wouldn't count them out of anything. Yeah, I, I, I really do think they're pretty good. Team. We're lucky to, that they're representing us because, uh, you know, it was tough. Our teams were so tough, they knocked each other out of the playoffs. Well, uh, Fairfield at Grinnell. Fairfield at Grinnell, you, uh, you and I were both kind of right. Um, we both picked Grinnell. You, you had thought that uh, Grinnell had put the running clock on him, and I'm not sure that at some point it wasn't. Uh, I believe they were up 42-7 to seven at one point, and Fairfield uh, was able to score another one late. Grinnell won at home 42-14 to 14 over the Trojans. Fairfield's out. Well, uh, that Tate Allen, though, don't count him out in the last couple minutes of a half or a quarter, or of a, of a you know, first half of the game or second half, because he likes to score right there at the, you know, he don't. He don't give up. So that's he, he's 
he's very talented, uh, great athlete. It just, you know, Grinnell's one of those teams that's, uh, they're hungry. They seem to have, a another gear. Uh, well, yeah, they're, they're way better, you know? So, uh, Tate will be back next year, won't he? You know, I'm not sure what, uh, if he's a junior or a senior. We'll, we'll have to dig into that. I think he's a junior. Uh, anywho, uh, we, I wanted to announce we really had a big explosion of listeners in, uh, Fairfield, uh, and I'm gonna. They're gonna be next week's uh, city of the week. So uh, I think we are a bit outside on this next one, Atumwa at uh, or West Waterloo at Atumwa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this one went uh, 100% the opposite of the way I thought it was gonna go. Um, Waterloo did what I the West uh, Wahawks of Waterloo did what I thought Atoma was going to do. I didn't think Atoma would blow them out, but I didn't think they'd get blown out. And uh, 70 to nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, eat crow on that one. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm eating the same sandwich with you. But, you know, it's just the Atoma team was too hard to predict this year. Uh, they play it. You know, those, those 5A schools, they're all over the place. It's tough. But let's get into the game you were at last night. You went down to Waco. Uh, just I want you to just talk about this game and the experience that you had there. And and don't forget to tell people about how to get tickets because we didn't last time. Yeah, uh, that was something that I wasn't aware of. I feel like the state kind of has done a poor job communicating that. Um, we still had, you know, a lot of people in the stands on the Waco side. Edward Colesburg came to town, the Vikings. Um, they brought some fans, but they were, you know, not nearly as many as you would think for a playoff game, but it was a, over a two-hour trip for them. So the state requires you to buy your tickets online for the playoff games. And I didn't know that until the day before the uh, the game. So I had to, you know, Thursday night, late, work, sitting down watching a movie. I had to get my phone out and buy the tickets for the game. And it was no problem, very smooth and everything. But um, that's just something folks need to be aware of, that this is for every game going forward. You've got to get online and buy the tickets. You can't show up at the gate and pay cash. Okay, so... Well, uh, it sounds like Colesburg uh, came to play, didn't they? They did, and, and we talked about them being out of a tough district, even though I don't know a lot about those teams up there. Easton Valley was the district winner of that uh, eight-player district five uh, that I couldn't remember last podcast. They're they're extremely tough, and they uh, they were the winner. Edward Colesburg being the third-place team, that's why they're down here at Wayland. And, you know, uh, sitting down, watching the teams warm up and everything, Waco's a, kind of a traditional-looking, powerful football team. You can tell the kids spend a lot of time in the weight room. They're they're thick, they're muscular, and all that stuff. Um, Edward Colesburg was tall, lean, and athletic. They had a, one space eater on the line. Everybody else was just a tall – they looked like basketball team out there to me. But, man, were they, they were fast, they were strong, they were athletic. They executed their game plan almost flawlessly. Um, so – by halftime, they were ahead 20 to 10, and I had a bad feeling about the game, uh, just the way it was going. They were playing so well. Waco was playing worse than I've seen them play in the games I've been at. Now, I don't want to take anything away from, from the Vikings here because they were causing a lot of that. They were great on defense. Uh, they execute their offense great. They're very reminiscent to me of Iowa Valley and Lone Tree. A lot of, a lot of passing, even though coming into it, the stats would lead you to believe they were more of a rushing team. They were throwing the ball great, uh, especially the, the short range stuff, you know. So 
they kind of turn their passing game into a running game, picking up the short yardage, you know, with the five and six yard passes. And they were chewing up ground and scoring points. And on the defense, they were gang tackling. They were getting into the backfield. Wake up and just sputtered. It was, it was rough. You know, by the time halftime hit, we were, we were worried. Yeah, they were down. What was the score at halftime? 20 to 10 in favor of the Vikings. Yeah, they showed up and, uh, well, then what happened? So they come out of the halftime break and, uh, you know, it's, it's an eight player game. I said to Liz, I said, you know, a lot of things can happen in a half. There's a ton of game left. There's a, you know, the coaches are going to go in, you know, they're going to have, uh, adjustments to make and whatnot. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, Waco came out, executed better. We're playing even harder. They, you know, I can't fault them from the start of the game. They were fired up from kickoff. I mean, they, they were excited. You could tell but uh, it wasn't translating into points or a good performance. And uh, second half was a different story. And Waco basically scored 19 points straight, ended up taking a 29-20 to 20 lead. And I'm thinking at this point with the momentum, they're at home, uh, the strength of the team, you know, they're just physically strong, bruising kids. I thought they've got this thing in hand, but, but the Vikings wouldn't go away. They just kept chipping their way back in. Waco couldn't shake them. So uh, one thing I want to point out about the Vikings was they they go for two-point conversions when they score a touchdown, and they are almost automatic with them. They might have missed one last night, but that's a big deal. You know, when you talk about you're in the playoffs, it's do or die, and you've got a team that will execute the details like that, uh, that's dangerous. And, and they were just spot on. I can't say enough good things about the Vikings. That team, very impressive. Uh, but what ended up happening, Waco finally took a 36-28 to 28 lead. The Vikings scored. Um, they had three minutes, and I said, man, that's a lot of time. They scored a touchdown, sure enough, and it took them about two minutes to do it. Got the two-point conversion, and we got us a tie ball game. So Waco's got a little over a minute to drive the length of the field and try to get a score to win. And they uh, – Pounded it down the middle. They they did an adjustment that I really got a kick out of and worked really well for them. They put Simeon Reichenbach out in the slot receiver where I think he played last year and started rotating Drew Deers and Jonah Clark in a tailback out of the shotgun. And they were pounding the ball at the middle. And those kids are strong. I mean, they are very strong. They were dragging tacklers six, seven yards down the field, you know, at a time. And I'm talking five kids hanging off their back. They willed their way down, got set up for a field goal to win the game. The Vikings had timeouts left, so they iced uh, Simeon twice. They called timeout. So finally, Wago gets the line back up, kicked that attempt at a, a game winner, and he nailed it, 28-yarder, left nine ticks on the clock. Um, Edgewood wasn't able to get anything going in those nine seconds. Wago won, and they move on. You know what? We're gonna you're gonna hear a theme, people, as we go through this, that what your record was, what your rating was, means nothing in this playoffs because these teams all came to play and everybody's record was zero to zero. And uh it's just one we're just gonna hear about one hard fought battle after another after another. So Waco moves on and uh now let's get right into this other one that we talked about, you know. This is something that you and I have been talking about for at least two weeks was uh, New London was going to really 
really going to be a problem for somebody. So whatever, what happened? They went up against number one Montezuma. What what happened here? What was the story? Well, I haven't seen uh, anything as far as an article or anything to get the full story on it. And I wasn't able to follow Twitter like usual last night. This game I was at down in Wayland was so intense. I just couldn't take my eyes off of it hardly for, for a minute, you know. And, uh, in fact, I didn't know what was going on with that game until late. In our game, the PA announcer down there at Waco announced that uh, you know New London was within two points, and I was I was not shocked. I was I was happy to hear that. Not shocked a bit. I don't think you probably were either. Um, no. But it looked like it came down to a two point conversion, and Montezuma must have got theirs, and New London did not get theirs because it was tied twenty eight all late in the game, and uh, Montezuma did win thirty six to thirty four. But like you and I have talked about for some weeks now, if the uh, Tiger team that we saw down at uh, New London when they played Waco a few weeks ago shows up. Their their A game shows up in, in Montezuma. That was going to be trouble, and it, it most certainly was. And uh, I think a lot of eyebrows were raised by that game, but not by uh, those of us that know what New London's capable of. No, the, the coverage, the coverage that we've been bringing, uh, you know, week in and week out now, New London, uh, they had some highs and lows and did some tough sledding at points of the season, but they finished really strong. And i like, oh, wow, they're right back to form. Uh, and they they just came within a whisker of upsetting the number one team in the state. How about that? Man, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's <laughs> – it's sad that they, they didn't get it done. But, you know, Montezuma's a great team, and uh, we expected them to, to do well, and, and they get to uh, survive another week. And that's all you can do in the playoffs is you don't have to win pretty. You don't have to win big. You just have to win and get to the next game. So uh, uh, did we talk about English Valley and South Warren or not? Uh, we did We did do a little bit of a prediction there. I, I think we both picked English Valley's and – uh, they did win 36 to 15 Good yeah. for them. The Bulls move on. So we do get a couple of teams out of our district here, uh, as far as eight player goes, moving on to the second round. Mm-hmm. I, I won a little tidbit there. I saw on Twitter, and if I'm not wrong here, um, I believe this is the first time the Bears have won a playoff game since the year 2000. Really? Well, that's a long dry spell. They're seven and one. They, they must be doing something right this year. Well, well they, they have uh, one running back and a decent team around him. So they, they you know, they're uh, a threat on any given Friday. Okay, we got Highland at, at Linville Sully. Oh. Yeah, this uh, this one went the way I think probably anybody predicted. Um, Highland was kind of backing into the playoffs a little bit, fourth place in their district. Linville Sully's, you know, their state rank. I think they've lost one game. They won forty to fifteen at home, so Highlands out. Um, you know, good luck next year. They're, they're usually uh, a strong team up there, and you know, we'll see what what they bring next year. Okay, so well, I think they represent themselves pretty well. Uh, okay, made, now, now, now here was a big game. Uh, I can't remember who was at home here, but Wapolo at North Tama. Yeah, North Tama uh, came to Wapolo. And I thought on paper, this was a pretty even match, even maybe similar teams, you know, and without having seen him play in person. Um, North Tama won by a point, 23 to 22. It sounds like a heartbreaker. Uh, 
very disappointed for Wapolo. I, you know, they they apparently were right there, but you know, one one points all it took to to knock them off. So that's one more of our area teams that'll and be waiting for another season yet here. But uh, they had a great season. Um, great offensive players that put up some exciting stats. And, and uh, you know, hats off to them. North Tama moves on, though. Well, that was uh, – we, we really enjoyed following Wapolo this season, and we wound up getting a lot of listeners in Wapolo. And uh, I am sad that they're they're not moving on, but, man, they – outstanding season. And uh, here at Round Guy, the podcast, we salute you. And I tried to get a hold of their coach, but it, I just couldn't quite run him down. But uh, I will st- still try and see maybe this week if we can get an interview because uh, I know our listeners like to hear a little bit more about that outstanding season that they had. So Yeah, I, I uh, you know, after digging into them a little bit more, and I should have put two and two together, Todd Parsons is the coach there. His son, Tate, was the starting quarterback this year that you've heard me rave about um, yeah. over the last few weeks. And, and so maybe, you know, maybe we can contact him through there or something and get a, a chance to chat with, with Coach Parsons. Yeah, I got to track Coach Edeker down again. I, I lost his number, but I, I, I do have uh... – I do have Coach Cavanaugh from Mid Prairie going to call in, and we and uh, Coach Jensen's going to call me from uh, Sigourney to talk about, and that's the game we're gonna, we're just fixing to talk about right now. So uh, Sigourney Kyoto went to uh, or Durant came in there. Uh, I know uh, it was pretty close early. Uh, do you, what do you got on this game? It was close late, um, kind of. I'm surprised and yet not surprised. I, I, I thought the way uh, things have developed over the course of the season since that first game of the year where they played against each other in a close game, that uh, Sigourney Kyoto's on such a roll that they would just blow Durant off the field. Didn't really go that way. Um, Durant, I think, though, and, I, and, and Coach Jensen said this too, they're a lot better team than that record show. There's people throughout the state who think that a 2-6 and six team shouldn't be in the playoffs and you know, all that jazz, but uh, let's face it, that, those guys are, they're good. And, uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter, what have I got here? Um, it was 13 to nothing at half, Sigourney, and only 13 to eight at the start of the fourth. And I haven't got to see an article or, or I didn't get to hear anything on the radio yet about how this panned out, but um, Sigourney went ahead and won by a score of 34 to eight. So they really turned it on in the fourth. I'm interested to see how that actually transpired. But, uh, we, you know, Durant's got Nolan DeLong. He's one of the best players in the state at running back and linebacker. And uh, I had a pretty decent team around him. And he's coming back for another year. So uh, the teams in that district have to put up with that kid for one more season yet. But Sigourney Kyoto moves on. One of our teams getting to go to the second round. Super happy for him. I think with uh, the fact that Waco is playing two hours away from here next week, that we're going to go up to Sigourney Kyoto and check out their home game in the second oh, round. You're going to the snake pit. I'd love to go to the snake pit. I'll, I'll go to the snake pit John with McLaughlin you. Played there. I'll go to the snake pit with you. I'll, 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 uh, I'll tell coach uh, Jensen to leave the light on for us. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there. Um, that's, there's one other game I'm tempted to see, and we'll get we'll get chatting about that later. Uh, but I think Sigourney's the one. You know, I I really I've enjoyed following them this year, and uh, they've got a couple players that I saw on Twitter today that have got offers from William Penn to play football, and I'm just really excited for them to uh, 
you know, make a deep run in this playoffs. And I, I haven't got the chance to see him in person yet, and I'd love to get up there and do it once before this uh, season concludes. All right. Here's one I have no idea. I, I have not, get, didn't get any information on this game, but Minneapolis went to Pella Christian. That was a pretty big game, a uh, pretty good, big game in our area. How did that How did that play out? Well, uh, <laughs> that's another one of our Southeast Iowa teams. Great team. I've had a great season, but uh, it's over. They went to Pella Christian, and we know how good they are. Yeah, at um, home they are. I mean, you know, all you can handle and then some. They're they're a great team all around. They've got a dynamic quarterback, and they won forty two to twenty one. No problem there. Um, they're moving on to the second round. Twenty one points against that defense at their place. That's a good job, Minneapolis. Really good job. I mean, yeah, I think there's. I think they've got a bright future. Like I said, I got to check out their JV team a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, I, I don't think, think anybody put twenty one points there, did they? What's that? I don't think any team all season put up 21 points there at that, that house. Uh, Sigourney, that's probably it. Yeah, well, they they did get to 21. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, well, that's as good as Sigourney did. Well, so. you got to keep in mind with Sigourney's offense. You know, Jensen says they, they'll take three and a half yards at a clip. 21 points for them could be yeah, like that, 50 for something else. <laughs> Waco and Sigourney have a lot. Of, they don't really blow other teams out, like. I mean, they they just kind of grind and kind of, you know, it's just a steady consistency that, yeah. you know, moves the ball really, and there's no no real sense that, you know, everything's got to happen right now. We can just, you know, we'll punt if we need to, but, you know, we're going to not make mistakes and we're just going to keep executing and doing well. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're happy to uh, – you know, just grind the clock down and uh, chew up yards slow, play the field position game. And you know what? If you can win the, the time of possession and the field position, it's hard to lose that way. All right. So here's another big game. I listen to this game on the radio. Uh, and I, I, and I, I was just like, kind of like you. I just I tried to keep up with other things. But it was, uh, you know, unless that guy would say the score of another game, I just didn't know what was going on because I just couldn't stop listening. But. Mid Prairie, uh, they played on this Northeast Goose Lake. Um, I, I'll tell you what I knew, uh, you know, and I observed was uh, Goose Lake has a freshman quarterback, and this kid is very dangerous. And uh, I mean, in the last three minutes of the game, I believe he scored twice. They were like three touchdowns down, and he got like with eight seconds, and they did an onside kick, you know, and uh, all I'm saying is there was eight seconds left. In the, when you got a, a three-touchdown lead and there's three minutes left in the game, you know, and then all of a sudden eight seconds left in the game and you don't even know if you're going to win or not. You know, it was uh, – that kid really – I mean, and he moved the ball and he did it quick and uh, it was really something. So, uh, but let, let's hear your thoughts on the game. Yeah, you, you if you got to listen to it, you got to hear a, a- – a gem of a game, it sounds like. I read a little bit on this one this morning. KCII had an article put up about it. Catch me up to speed. I'd seen the score. Um, and, you know, when you look at the score and it's a seven-point game and you think, wow, that, that must have been a nail-biter. It looks to me like after reading about it, and you can attest to this, that Mid-Prairie really had it in hand from the kickoff until the end. And then, uh, you know, this is 
high school football though, and a lot of things can snowball fast on you. I'm not. I wonder if I, if Coach Kavanaugh will will tell you whether he was nervous or not at the end of that game. Oh, I'm sure he was. Um, yeah, but you know, they. I felt like it was kind of like their game against Davis County last week. They they had it in hand from kickoff, but couldn't shake the opponent at the same time. Well, it was. Uh, well, the kid is an amazing performer. You know, it's like Joe Montana or something as a freshman, and uh, just there at the end, real dynamic. Anyway, but uh, uh, I remember, you know the. the Guy on the said, "Well, there's about 11 minutes left. You know, we got this kind of a lead. You know, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm gonna give this game another minute or two, and then I'm gonna start checking out some other games. But from that point on, it was just, you know, it was we're just it was just a feeling that they just hadn't shook them, you know. And the kid, uh, that kid, really, he uh, he had it going on." Uh, in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be funny. He's not from our area. You know, they're way out of here. But um, kids like that that are so special at that young of an age, it's going to be fun to watch uh, him develop over the course of these next three seasons. Well, a kid that's a freshman that's starting as quarterback is impressive enough, isn't it? It is. It is. I remember a few years ago uh, when I lived in Pekin's school district, where you do, they had a a young man that had started since his freshman year. And in that case – I feel like he didn't develop a ton from freshman to senior. And that's just that one. And he was still great. It's not that. It's just that sometimes you think when somebody's a freshman and doing so well, that they're going to be astronomically better by the time they're, you know, 17, 18 years old. doesn't always go that way, but, but it might. And it'll be interesting to see how this, how this kid develops. So we just got a couple minutes left because we just rambled on about all these fantastic games. And anyway, mid did outstanding. Uh, we got a little, one minute or so to cover Davis County and uh, Iowa Falls. Didn't hear a score on this. Don't know much. I was able to find that game on Twitter as one of a couple, you know, because I was pretty busy. I thought Davis County had that game at hand. They had a pretty good lead for quite a while. I want to say into halftime. I don't know 100% there, but they did end up dropping the game 35 to 25, but you know, they, they had a great season and a great showing in the in the playoffs here in their yeah. one game. And, their season's over. Real respectable showing. I'm really, really, uh, really uh, proud of the Davis County. The, you guys played great, and uh, you showed well in the playoffs, and you know, really good for you. Every, you know, you took a major step, wouldn't you say, this year for Davis County? Absolutely. This is uh, football is the hardest sport to make the postseason in in the first place. Um, not everybody gets to go. You got to earn your spot. They earned it. They're a good team. They have nothing to hang their head about. Well, I, I have confirmed interviews with uh, Coach Jensen and Sigourney and uh, and uh, Coach Kavanaugh at uh, Mid Prairie. So we'll go over those games, uh, you know, with a fine tooth comb. And uh, thanks for listening. Great job, Scott. We appreciate it. Well, I can't wait for more. All right, you're you're a star. Did I tell you that? <laughs> That's uh, that'll be a new hat for me to wear. <laughs> your, your ratings have tripled. Uh, it's uh, pretty impressive what's going on there. I think uh, you gave such good analysis this year, and people are really starting to see it. And uh, our listenership is growing exponentially. We're over eight hundred listeners now, and uh, we got all the little towns around, all of them. If it's you know, 
if it's within 70 miles of Richland, they're listening, but they're really starting to spread out through the whole state. So thanks. Thanks a lot for all you do for us, buddy. Anytime. All right. We'll, we'll uh, talk to you again with beat the round guy. I'll be ready.